Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the 242nd episode of the Not Your Mama's Gamer podcast, a podcast where we talk about living, working, playing in and around the games industry. And we talk about doing that from a feminist perspective. My name is Samantha Blackman, and I'm an associate professor at Purdue University in West Lafayette, Indiana. And I am joined tonight by the amazing Amanda Gardner. Uh, from Deep End Games, and we'll talk more about uh, we'll talk more about Amanda in just a second. And Jordan Lukomsky, how are y'all doing tonight? Fabulous, great, doing good, excited. I am too. So, Amanda, we'll start with you. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, I am the narrative director at the Deep End Games, and I wrote a game called Romancelvania that launches a week from today on March 7th. And um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just over the moon excited about it. Um, we like to sort of pitch it as uh, it's The Bachelor, but make it Dracula. So it's a reality TV dating show starring uh, starring Dracula. And um, it is an action platformer meets dating game. And it's super silly, super fun. And yeah. <laughs> so I cannot tell you all the ways that I am excited <laughs> <laughs> for this game. I love games that do genre blending. Yeah. And I learned I learned about myself in the last decade or so. No less than that. Yeah. That, you know what? I like dating sims. I always used to, you know, kind of kind of giggle when people would talk about playing dating sims. And yeah. then I picked up like my first dating sim and I was completely hooked. Mm. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. what was uh, it i'm curious it was it was dream daddy yes <laughs> daddy indeed yes yes it's funny my my really entrance to that genre was the bioware games in a way because i found myself when i was playing mass effect and when i was playing dragon age i would kind of just like blast through the missions so that i could get to the ship or the campfire and talk to people and i found that most of the time i was pursuing people mm-hmm. and uh, i really just got so invested in the relationships that that was sort of my gateway drug to the dating game world and um yeah i i i uh, i romanced garris hard man like 
Garris, I got a special, special place in my heart for Garris. So. I, and I always, uh, whenever we talk about this, I always tell people Liara named a star after me. Ooh, and, Liara, <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. I think I romanced her in one of the games. I feel like Garris was one, Liara was one. I really wanted to date Samara. Was it Samara? Mm-hmm. Um, she was also um, an Asari. Yeah, but I couldn't because... Um, she wasn't an option. I think I was playing as Femme Shep and they wouldn't let me date her. And that made me really mad. And it also <laughs> made me mad in Dragon Age when I couldn't date Morrigan, I think. I'm trying oh. to remember. But like, yeah, I part of the reason why in Romansylvania you can date anybody is because of my frustrations there. <laughs> <laughs> like I want to date everybody and anybody. There don't, you go. Don't restrict me. Yeah. There you go. That makes perfect sense. There you go. <laughs> All right. And Jordan, who are you? I am a developer in Los Angeles where I have a slide update. I'm still working on things and stuff that hasn't changed. Um, but I'm working on things and stuff as a senior environment outsource artist. Ooh, congrats. Thank oh, you. A whole promotion. I am so excited and so happy for you. Thank you. <laughs> I was telling Sam before this, I, cr- I cried on my uh, promotion <laughs> meeting. Oh, that makes me so happy. All right. So we'll start with our usual, what we're playing, what we're reading, what we're drinking. And then we're going to make sure we get into talking to Amanda about Romansylvania. Um, and uh, like I said, we'll start with you because we like to pretend we have manners around here. Um Amanda, what have you been playing lately? I know you have you have all this free time. You have a game launching <laughs> next week. You have nothing but time. <laughs> oh, God. I miss the days where I could just play a game and turn <laughs> off my mind. So when I'm in that mode, when I'm in turn off my brain, play a game and immerse myself, it's Persona 5. It's like I, I love Persona 5 like it's another like person in my life. I love it so much. Um <laughs> And then like, I, I got, you know, I sunk like 120 or so hours into it. And then my husband bought me Royal and I was like, do you really want to do this? <laughs> um, so when I, when I can, I play that, but right now it's really funny. My family, so I have four children. They've been playing Ocarina of Time. No, not Ocarina, Majora's Mask mm-hmm. constantly. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like this is an old game. And, and, and what I found out was my 14 year old told me that he, over February vacation, when he was seven, he beat the game and he wanted to do it now that he was 14. And I was like, oh, that's so weird, but I love it. And so all four <laughs> of my kids sat on the couch during February vacation and just played Ocarina. And I was obviously like working and like doing stuff for the launch, but I would watch them play and just feel utter joy because I remember playing Ocarina, not Ocarina, I guess I said it again, uh, Majora, and just feeling that sense of wonder but also sheer terror because that moon was so scary it is very scary oh my gosh and the sense (laughs) of time like dawn of the second day ah you know like that that sort of like panicked feeling about time passing and Uh watching that same anxiety in my children was weird and awesome and surreal so yeah i would say ocarina has been um oh my god third time Majora's Mask. Majora, Majora, Majora. Yes, that is what has been on heavy rotation in my house. Nice. Yeah. All right. What about you, Jordan? What you playing? 
I have not started anything new, so I'm going with my uh, past month regulars, Pokemon Violet, still making my way through that. Mm. Um, but I love it so much. Uh, still my first Pokemon game, but really enjoying just traversing the lands, finding all the Pokemon, doing the gym battles, making all the sandwiches, giving all my Pokemon <laughs> pets and baths and... Uh, I just love every aspect of it so much. Um, and then continuing Dying Light 2 with my partner. We're still making our way through that. Again, they had their huge yearly update recently. So they added a ton of fixes as well as a ton of content. And I don't know why we feel like we have to do all the content because we keep not finishing the game. But we're having fun with it. <laughs> So we're getting through that. Um, and then somewhat of a newer one, but not one that I just started recently is Potionomics. So I'm still playing through that one. Ooh, that sounds fun. Can you tell me about that? Yeah. So that one is a game where it's a mix of a card deck building game and a social simulator. So you're getting to know people and you can unlock cards that way. But basically you inherit a potion shop from your oh. uncle and you're making these potions for different patrons, but also for the, the Heroes Guild. So instead of you playing the warrior, you're playing this uh, shop owner that's helping them on their adventures. There's so many aspects to it, but it you is delightful. I think I played that at PAX last year. And I think that that's why I sounded so intrigued. Yeah, I, I, I think I played that demo and I freaking loved it. So are you enjoying it? I love it. And it's yeah. all thanks to Sam because I saw Sam streaming it and I immediately bought it. <laughs> it is amazing. <laughs> it really is so much fun. Um, awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm always glad when, when people like pick up a game because, you know, I like it and then they like it because otherwise I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> mm. um, so I guess it's my turn. Um, so I've been playing... Um, so Octopath Traveler came out on Friday. Yeah. Um, two, Octopath Traveler 2, which I've really been waiting for. Um, mm. but I was playing Fire Emblem Engage um before, and I was uh, I was playing that was like my big um switch game that I was playing. Um, and so I was like, I have to finish Engage before Octopath Traveler 2 comes out <laughs> because I can't play two big games at the same time. This is what I was telling myself. Yeah. Um, but I was like, it's fine. I'm more than halfway there because I knew how many chapters were in it um, and so on and so forth. So I'm like, I'm more than halfway done. I'm going to go ahead and power through this and I'll be done by Friday. Oh my God. Can I tell you that each chapter, which is like one battle, see, like one battle, got longer and longer mm -hmm. as we got to the end of the game so it was literally taking me like two hours to finish each chapter wow yeah and which is weird because and I and then I like I, I like peeked at a couple of reviews not to see like what not to see you know any spoilers but just mm -hmm. to see if if this was just me or maybe I was like messing <laughs> up because normal? I was rushing yeah. right and there were other people that said the same thing. They were like, yeah, th those last chapters were taking me like two and three hours. And I was like, okay, that's kind of ridiculous because I love like tactical games and strategy games, but I don't want to be in one battle for two and three hours. At no, time. that's absolutely ludicrous. I love being able to save frequently and like take little breaks. And that would have driven me mad. 
Yeah. I mean, because with, when you're playing tactical games, because you have a strategy, right? Right. And it's right. almost like you can't stop because you'll forget like what your train of thought Absolutely. was. And you'll go back and you'll be like, oh, who was I going to attack next? Yeah, where was what this had I already right. done? Yeah. Right. So it's like once you start a battle, you have to finish it. At least I do. Um, no, yeah, 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 you're right. You do. So I like, I kept playing. <laughs> I kept playing. And then finally on Saturday, I was like, you know what? Screw this. I'm starting Octopath Traveler. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I think that's the right call. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm playing Fire Emblem Engage, Octopath Traveler 2, and then um, the new DLC for Destiny 2, Lightfall, came out nice. today. Um, and I... Uh, back in the day when when the first Destiny came out, I was I played Destiny all the time. I was playing Destiny all the time. I was raiding. I was doing all this other stuff. I played Destiny too, um, and it didn't hit me the same way. But I keep coming back for DLC. Mm. Um, so when new DLC drops, I'll like come in and I'll play the campaign, and then I'll like do strikes and stuff with people that I know or whatever for a while, and then I'll drop off of it. Um, so. Um, they had some like new kind of progression, like battle progression mechanics that they had dropped in um, that were elemental and like changed like the intensity of your weapon and your speed and all this other stuff as you do more kills. And mm. I was like, that's pretty cool. So I decided to check it out. And um, yeah, I got, I actually got a code for that. There we go for streaming and review purposes. Uh, so mm. yeah, I'm playing um, Lightfall. Um, I started playing Lightfall today. I was lucky because uh, other people were like, I had to wait three hours to get in. And I was like, I just want to play for like an hour or two after work before I have to make dinner. And apparently the video game, game gods heard me because <laughs> I got right in. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Yep. So that's what I'm playing. Um, and again, um, Amanda, are you reading anything interesting? See, I, I know I can ask you this because. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm a, a, such a book nerd. So I actually have something to say about uh -oh. something that I've been reading, or I should say listening to. So, um, all right. So I'm a huge Brandon Sanderson fan. I love, uh, the Stormlight Archive. That's really his magnum opus. It's the best world building I've ever, ever, ever experienced. But um, he writes in something called The Cosmere, where all of his series are related, but they're not, you don't, like, you can read them kind of in whatever order, but they're all connected in the same universe. So I realized I had to go read the Mistborn books, and those were early books of his. And so I found them really dull. And when you're listening to a 46-hour book, and oh my it's gosh. a little bit dull, I put it on, like, 1.2, I mean, uh, 1.8 speed so I can, like, get through it faster mm -hmm. so that I can at least understand what's going on in this universe, even if I'm not understanding, like, not loving the story. Well, mm -hmm. people kept telling me in the fandom, wait for the Sander Lynch, wait for the Sander Lynch. And I was like, slow down. What is the Sander Lynch? And what they said was the books are slow, but the way it comes together at the very end is an absolute avalanche of incredible plot revelations that you never saw coming, but that make perfect sense. And you just, it's like transcendent genius. And I was like, um, wow, that sounds a bit hyperbolic, but we'll see. <laughs> 
So I blasted through these giant books. And finally, I, people were like, okay, you're at the Sandra Lynch. Like, like, hold on to your butts. Like, it's happening. And I have to admit, it was incredibly impressive. World building that I thought was completely arbitrary mm-hmm. came together in such a brilliant way that I was like, oh my God, he really did plan all this all along. <laughs> and it was, it was like, like I, my soul left my body kind of moment when it all came together. And it was truly a masterful, masterful plot and world building, you know, you know, moment singularity, you could even say, Mm -hmm. but does that justify three relatively slow books? I don't know. (laughs) You know what I mean? So like, like, was it worth it? I'm like the jury's still out, but I've never experienced anything that came together the way this came together. It was almost like the opposite of Lost. <laughs> like <laughs> Lost was so good. And then in the end, you're just like, what? What, what the heck? Yeah. What have you done? Yeah. Um, and and kind of like the the last season of Game of Thrones. Like, like the Sandra Lanch is the opposite of that. So gotcha. jury's still out. I know <laughs> that was a much longer answer than you wanted, but that's no, that's fine. <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah. Because I've never I've never read. A Sanderson book and mm. um and everybody everybody that I know like even if they're like uh everyone that I know really enjoys them even if they're not like they're the best books I've ever read they really mm. enjoy them so mm. I, I I was like there's and it's one of those things where there's just so many books that take place in the universe you don't know where to start it's kind of yeah. like Terry Pratchett right yes <laughs> yes that is a very similar comparison but I would say that uh the stormlight archive which starts with the way of kings which like i said it's it's really his magnum opus um it's it's unparalleled fantasy and i've been reading fantasy like my fr- my uncle who's a professor uh, he's a physics professor at bc uh he started reading me lord of the rings when i was three or four he, he he was a college kid who didn't know how to babysit his uh niece so he would just sit sit me on his lap and read lord of the rings to me and like that was really like foundational to who i became so uh-huh. i've been reading fantasy forever and um my my main series is the wheel of time i love the wheel of time by robert jordan and brandon sanderson finished the wheel of time after robert jordan passed so that was my introduction to sanderson and i was so impressed with the way he was able to finish and honor somebody else's work so well that I ultimately became a fan of his. And what's really cool is that he's a professor and he puts his writing lectures on YouTube. And so I can sit there and watch his writing lectures and take notes from this incredible, you know, luminary uh, and apply them to my own works. And yeah, I'm just, I'm a big Sanderson fan. You know, we break children that way, right? By reading, (laughs) because it's funny because I I tell people this, I tell people this all the time. Like when my daughter was little, because all she wanted to do was hear my voice, right? So when, when, and when she was like a baby, baby, you know, Mm. when she got to, when she got to be like three or four, she wanted like real stories because she understood, right? Yeah. Uh, But when she was an infant, um, uh, because she also had like really bad acid reflux. So she had to like be, uh, she had to sit up mm. a lot of the times and she didn't like mm. sit by herself. So I, I was a baby wearer. So yes. I would, I would uh, 
pull out the Bo- Moby wrap strapper on and I I had to I had to work and you know I had to research so I would read out loud to her right so I'm reading like you know history and cultural studies and critical race theory so I'm reading all this stuff out loud to my to my infant right like my newborn um <laughs> and to this day like history and like she, when they, when I asked her like what her favorite kinds of books, like, yes, like anime, visual novels, light novels, she likes, right? Mm. But if if it's stuff that she wants to read that's more serious, she goes, history and social studies. Love it. And I'm like, I broke you. I, I broke in you. In the best way. In the best way. <laughs> let's, let's just be clear. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's a legacy right there I love it I'm like yeah okay never mind it just happened (laughs) (laughs) all right uh Jordan what do you what are you reading um well currently I'm looking at my lone Mistborn book on the shelf and thinking maybe (laughs) maybe (laughs) um I buy way too many books at once and some make it through and some don't um but yeah, currently on in that note, I'm not reading anything. I thought I was going to be reading a lot because I was on a road trip with my sister. Um, so I packed a bunch of books and then we just ended up talking the whole time. So I, I am currently not reading anything. There are plans, hopefully for next time. But as of now, I mean, but that's good, too, though, just to talk and reconnect. Yeah. Right? yeah. Sounds like it was time well spent anyway. Mm-hmm. It was great. Yep. Um, so, um, I will say what I'm reading. Um, I am reading and this is, I've been reading this book forever, but I'm reading other books in between because it's a, it's a heavy book. Mm -hmm. It's Rebecca Kwong's Babel. Um, Oh, I've heard of this. It's a, it's a really good book, but it is heavy. Mm. Um, so, I can like read a couple chapters and then I'm like, I need a break from this. I need to read something else. So I'll go and read <laughs> something else and then I'll come back and read a couple more chapters. Um, so I've been um reading that. And it's a it's a pretty, it's a pretty healthy sized book too. Um, I think it's got like 38 or 40 chapters in it. Mm. Um uh, but it's a really good book. And you know, I I don't I think if I were to read it like straight through, it would it would put me in a bad headspace. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I'm taking it little by little. Um, so I'm reading that. And then um Barnes and Noble had like this huge, I don't know. I told I think I told everybody about it. They had a huge like um um hardcover book sale yes. at the beginning of the year. Yes. I bought so many books and they're sitting in the bag over next to my bookshelf right now because I'm like I'm gonna read all these books they were books that I was dying to read so mm-hmm. I bought them I bought them because they were they were like on sale and yeah they're hard nice hardcovers but they were cheap like I did the same thing I was like oh I, can, I have to take advantage of this sale like it's a good sale yes yes right so um <laughs> but I keep reading all these other books that are not in that bag I keep mm-hmm. buying new books um <laughs> Like, uh, like, uh, last week I went and I bought, um, Black Buck and which is, uh, kind of a satirical novel about a young black man who likes working at Starbucks. Um, but, uh, 
goes into um, this company by like a that's owned by like a young millennial like white venture capitalist um, and he's like the only black dude in there so it's kind of satirical about you know mm. growing up education um, privilege and business mm. um, so it's it's pretty interesting um, I started that one for kind of a um, uh, kind of a buffer. <laughs> <laughs> for babble and then i also picked up another one um black cake that i've been dying to read for a, a long time it's uh it's a a book about um two siblings um one who's gone kind of gone away from the family for a long time um but comes back when their mother passes mm-hmm. um and she the only thing that she leaves in her will is that there's a black cake um, it's a kind of cake. Um, it's actually it's actually like a real kind of cake. Um, and she only asked that they sit and eat the cake together when the time is right. That's oh. it's kind of yeah, right. Um, so it's it's about again, it's about like siblings who are like dealing with like like past histories and reconnecting mm. and all this other stuff. So I haven't started that one yet. I did start Black Book, but then I took my daughter to the bookstore Friday. Um because um she's like I need new <laughs> she's like I need new books and I'm like okay so we went and she picked up a, a light novel and the the latest two uh Sakura uh car captor um uh manga um and I was like I'm not buying more books I'm not buying more books. I got enough books. I just bought like 50. Liar. <laughs> right. And then I walked by and I saw Samantha Shannon's uh, Priory of the Orange. Uh, oh, what is it? Yes. Yeah, Priory of the Orange Tree, right? It is um, the most beautiful cover. And every time I go to the store, I'm like, I'm going to buy that next time. And I never have. And I've been looking at that book for months. And I'm like, that is a huge book. It's like 600 pages long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, and finally I was like, you know, I said, no, I said I wasn't going to buy anything, but I'm going to buy one book and that's going to be it. I'm going to buy one book. Right. So, um, P's like looking around and she's getting stuff and she comes back and I was, I was like, you're already, she goes, yeah. So she picks up, she picks up this book and she goes, wait, that's one book. <laughs> I was like, she's like, I thought that was like three books. It's huge that book it's is doorstop amazing. fantasy like when I ever heard that term doorstop fantasy because the books are so thick that you can use them to stop a door I was like oh that's my genre that's yep. my thing that is exactly what it is doorstop so. fantasy yeah yep so when I finish um black buck as my um as my filler between the the heaviness that is battle yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm gonna start I'm gonna start uh the priory of the orange tree because there's no way in hell I'm gonna finish that before I finish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I you're gonna have to update me on how you like that because like I said, that cover it just gets my attention every time. Oh, every yeah. time I'm like, I love that cover and I love that title. And it's not a blank of blank and blank, you know, like those titles. You know, mm-hmm. ship of foam and fools, or you know, like <laughs> yeah, just... yeah. It's it's absolutely beautiful, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm super excited. I'm super excited to uh, to to 
dive into that one. So I have to get, I've got to finish Black Buck first. So, um, so that I'm not reading three books at a time because yeah. I would not be able to keep all those stories. Right. Two games and three books. I know. <laughs> Two big games and three crazy? books. Crazy. I'd just be lost. I, I wouldn't know what was going on in anything. It was weird because <laughs> I was, I was um, reading Babel yesterday. And then I stopped and I was like, I'm going to play some Octopath Traveler. And I was playing Throne's um, timeline in Octopath Traveler. And I'm not going to give you any spoilers, but I was like, wait, these are really too close to be in parallel for some reason. <laughs> and it's it's pretty interesting um, that they were in, in, some, in some interesting ways. And I was like, oh, I'm going to get this mixed up. <laughs> oh no yeah so yep that's what I, that's what i'm reading okay um, what are we drinking what are you drinking amanda okay so i picked up a weird pandemic uh habit over you know like like early days three years ago my husband and i started to like chase down rare bourbons um our friends introduced us to this kind of ridiculous concept of like you can get really excellent bourbon on the primary market if you know what questions to ask of liquor store people. Mm-hmm. Like, where are your, alle- like, do you have any allocated bottles out back? And they'll kind of look at you and you'll kind of look at them and you'll have this like secret negotiation and you might be able to get a bottle of something that's really rare for a cheap price. So for example, Like I went to Wegmans, which is just a supermarket. And I asked the special question and I got the right person and they gave me a bottle of Weller green and it was $35. And on the secondary market, it's 350. So, yeah. So we started collecting these rare bourbons um, and I'm drinking my favorite, which is called widow Jane decadence. And it's my favorite bourbon ever. Because it is aged in maple syrup bottles. So Ooh. it is sweet and delicious. And I don't know, Widow Jane Decadence just has a great, great ring to it. So yeah, that's that's my um that's my bourbon of choice. Oh, that sounds good though. It's great. If you're ever up in Boston, we will have some decadence. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Jordan, what about you? What are you drinking? I am drinking one of my, uh, well, it's more recent, but one of my go-tos and comforts, which is Stones Imperial Stouts, because I love stouts, Um, and this is just a solid stout. Solid stout. Solid stout, and it's not an IPA, so yeah. It is not an IPA. (laughs) (laughs) Though I would still take an IPA over that one drink that you had. Oh, my God. The the wine that was essence of what was it rocks and gasoline (laughs) it was it was I so I was trying new wines um and this one sounded really good but I didn't read the flavor profile apparently oh god because it said rock and petrol oh god and I didn't notice it like I brought it home I chilled it I'm like this is gonna be our wine for like podcast tonight is something new because you know I'm a I'm a creature of habit mm. and I like and I and I like I like I like whiskeys right so and I've been on a like a real uncle nearest kick right oh, uncle to, nearest is awesome oh, yes yeah, what a great to dig, story I love 
Love the story behind Uncle Nearest. Sorry, continue. Yep. No, no, that's fine. Right. So I've been on the real. So I was like, I'm going to try something different. And I got this wine and I poured it in the glass and I sat down and we were getting ready to start. And I took a sip and I was like, what did I just put in my mouth? (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) So I had to look it up and I was like, what? I was like, I didn't read this. It was horrible. I was like, I can't drink this. <laughs> no, no. I, I wouldn't even cook with it either. Like I would be no. like, no, this is just going down the drain. I'm not going to turn it into a spritzer. I'm not going I to. I tried to make it a spritzer. We, I, I did. I tried to, we were, we were sitting there and I, I tried to make it a spritzer. I was like, now it's just a nasty spritzer. Yep. It's like rock spritz. No. <laughs> no. And I was like, after the podcast is over, I'm pouring the whole thing down the drain. I was like, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. So tonight, um, cause I, like I said, I haven't been feeling the best. Uh, I am actually drinking just black cherry sparkling water. Yeah. Mm. And regular water. Cause I always have multiple beverages. Black cherry is my go-to. Mm-hmm. I feel like we have similar flavor profiles between the whiskey and bourbon and the black cherry. Yeah. 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 Yep. So I'm drinking black cherry sparkling water. And, and that's the sparkling water that is safe in my house because my daughter won't drink anything cherry flavored. She says it tastes <laughs> like medicine. But she will She will do a cherry limeade. That's not true. So she'll say everything else that I bring in the house tastes like medicine, but she'll mm-hmm. drink a cherry limeade from Sonic. Okay. We won't eat their food, but we'll drink their cherry limeades. Fair so, enough. Their cherry limeade is very good. It is. And I feel like Sonic, if you've, if you've ever had Sonic, Sonic is only good below the mason dixon line okay good because it's terrible here and uh <laughs> yeah it's terrible here it's terrible here too the only place i have ever had like good food from sonic has been in the south okay yeah but the cherry limeades are always good <laughs> cherry limeade anything is good i love um when i was growing up i used to love raspberry lime rickies have you ever had those mm-hmm. uh yep so tart and good. I could go for yeah, it. Yeah, anything like, um, and then I I um I used to be able to find it all the time. I can't find it anymore, but it was a sparkling water that was strawberry, mint, and lime. Oh, how refreshing. And it was really good. I can't ever find it anymore. Oh so that makes me sad, but that sounds so good. I just found a drink close to us recently that's blueberry mint lemonade. Oh it's one of the best things I've ever had. <laughs> Yeah. You start mixing berries and lime and mm. or lemon and mint. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So my, one of my favorite teas is by Republic of tea and it's blackberry sage and it's awesome. Oh, mm. so we're, we're apparently we're just going to talk about drinks right now, but uh, since you said tea, my favorite tea right now is from dryad tea, which is like a, a indie woman owned tea company. Um, and they, they only sell, they sell it online. It's called Selkie and it is a ginger lemon. Uh, it's a ginger lemon herbal tea and it is so blooming good. Oh man. That sounds amazing. I've got to check that out as dryad tea. Uh And it's called Selkie. Selkie. Okay. Yeah. They had gone, um, TikTok viral, um, during the pandemic. And uh, they, they've, they've evened out now. They had gone TikTok viral during the pandemic somehow. Mm. And it was like a five-week wait for orders. Oh, wow. 
but that's great. That's like, that's so amazing. I love that. that. Is, it's amazing. It's great for them. Um, but then I had to wait five weeks for tea. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and my daughter was like, see, that's another reason to hate TikTok. Right. Like, oh okay. my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's what we're reading, playing and drinking. Let's talk about Romansylvania because I'm excited Yay. for this. Um, so for those who are newer to the show or may not remember, um, this is Amanda's third time on. Um, I think you and Bill came on and talked about perception. Yes. Right. I loved that game. I absolutely Thank you. Loved um, and I'm and and I'm not a scary game person. <laughs> and I still to this day talk about the murder babies. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> they're dolls. They're not actual yeah. babies. Okay. No. For those people are listening. <laughs> uh, and I was like, the murder babies. They just <laughs> wanted to. Yeah. Um, and I absolutely love that game. And then you came on last time and you it was just when the Romansylvania Kickstarter was yes. uh, kicking off. And yes. now the game's coming out. Oh, it's so crazy to to finally be at this point, but I'm I'm so excited and I'm just so proud. Like this game is so much fun. It's so much fun. Like it's just a little slice of joy and I can't wait to share it with people. I'm so excited for this. So, um let's we're going to just we're going to have a conversation. We'll ask a couple of questions. We'll just oh. kind of cuz we always have a good conversation, so I'm excited. Always, always. <laughs> We'll start with you, Jordan. How about that? You can ask the first question. Yay. Uh, I mean, yeah, Sam said, so excited for the game. Thank you. Looking forward to it. Um, so, yeah, in the vein of excitement and celebration, what is one of your favorite aspects of the game? Something you're really proud of or even just a small detail you hope players notice? Um, so... One of the things that I love so much about the game is the ability to really have the kinds of relationships you want and you choose. So one of the things that I would mentioned earlier in this episode was that like, as much as I love Mass Effect and Dragon Age, there were people I couldn't romance and there were things that I couldn't do. And so one of our core pillars is player choice. So in Romansylvania, you can there are 75 different dates you can go on, right? Like that's a lot of different dates. So like, say you get to like the seafood restaurant date, you really have to think about who you're going to take because we only let you take three people total and there are like 12 datables. So you have to really be like, who is the right person for this? Or like, who am I feeling right now? And a lot, so that's like one of like the player choice things. Another player choice things is you can choose how you flirt with people. Like, there are some conversations where it branches off into sweet or sexy. Like if you feel like, you know, I'm going to kind of like play it cool with this one, you can. Or like, no, she seems to really respond like when I get a little kinky, I'm going to get a little crazy with this conversation. And finally, you don't have to romance everybody. In fact, you can eliminate people you're not feeling and you can befriend people. Like there have been so many games where I'm like, listen, I don't want to do you. I just want to be your best friend. Mm -hmm. And so the ability to befriend characters in games and not have to make it sexual or, you know, like for example, one of our characters is this, we call him the fancy man wolf, Fenton. Fenton for me 
he's he's very sexy but like i just want to talk about cheese and books with him like that's that is what i want to do so that's what we do when i'm talking to fenton like we talk about cheese we talk about books we talk about his journey in life i never flirt with him he never flirts with me and that's like how i do it with fenton and you know i think that that's like something that i'm really proud of is that the these these characters you can really choose how you interact with them um and I like I just think that that choice is powerful and it makes for really great replayability because, you know, characters who you voted off or, you know, befriended can be characters that you eventually kind of romance in the next time time you play through. So I wrote a 500 page script for this game. 500 (laughs) pages. So, yes, there are many, many, many choices and there are many roads you can go down. Can I tell you I'm excited to talk about cheese and books with character? In this game? <laughs> like you're gonna love Fenton. He's great. But I do have to say, a lot of people, like I have found on the internet, there are a lot of people who have very sexy feelings for Fenton. So like people can go in either direction with that wolf. <laughs> and I'm like, cheese and books, yes. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna, and this is this is something I'm always interested in, right? Because I, I like I talk when every time whenever I talk to folks and they tell me there was like something that they really like wanted to add to their game and they couldn't because they ran out of time or it just mm. wasn't doable or it just never worked, right? Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna ask this question: If there was one thing that you could finger snap and mm. add to the game and have it work perfectly. What would it be? Okay. So something I have found while watching people play the game and then they talk to me after is so many people start to ship the castmates, you know? So like, it's not about like, oh, who Drac is going to choose or who I am going to choose as Drac. It's, oh my God, I would love to see Fenton and Robert hook up or like, oh my God, I really think that like Vess and -and so-and-so would make such a great couple, Um, which is funny to me because I wrote them all to be, you know, desirable, but I wrote it with, with Drac in mind and to have people kind of be like, Oh my God, I ship PSL in Alessa so hard (laughs) that I would snap my fingers and make, you know, make a way for the castmates to date. (laughs) Oh, nice. Yeah. That's, that's always, that's always interesting. Right. Cause I, 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 I do the same thing when I played, like, for example, I, I play a lot of, of dating Sims, but the one that I probably have played the most, and, and we were talking about this earlier was dream daddy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny because the year dream daddy came out on the switch when I got my um, Nintendo year in review, that was my most played game that year. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that it was me who didn't like dating Sims. Uh, yeah. And so it was, I, I did a lot of that in dream daddy. I was like, Oh, so these two would be really cute right. together. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. I can definitely see that. Yeah. Uh, now I'm going to have to, now I'm going to think about this the whole time I'm playing. I know. Like, <laughs> like I think about it all the time now that people have pointed it out. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jordan. Um, gosh, this, I, I'm just getting so excited hearing all this. Um, 
But from a developer's perspective, we're getting to the the release of the game. What is one thing that you wish you knew or could go back and tell yourself near the beginning of the project? Ah, um, so that's a great question. Um, you know, games are very risk versus reward, right? Like playing a game, like, am I going to take this risk? It's a big risk, but hey, look at the big reward. Or I'm going to do something that's kind of like low risk and I can guarantee like a small reward. Um, I would say to apply that to my writing early on, because I kind of played it a little safe early on. I look at early drafts and I look at early demos and you know, the jokes are landing and, you know, the, the concepts are there, but I found that as I gained confidence while writing this game, I don't know if profanity is okay here, but I gave fewer fucks and then I started getting crazy. And then I just started letting it all hang out. And I just completely like they say like write drunk edit sober I was writing drunk and editing high like I just let it all hang out and that confidence and that um you know absolutely carefree way of writing made for I took so many risks that paid off do you know what I mean and -hmm. obviously like when you can choose what you put in you know if the jokes didn't land they didn't make it so only the ones that that did made it into the game at least you know among the team everybody's got different senses of humor but you know um but I feel like my writing really improved when I started to be more carefree and uh confident and let it all hang out like I didn't censor myself you know mm-hmm. that's oof. yeah I'm I'm that's good advice <laughs> <laughs> thank you <laughs> as, good, as good as I said I think you know that you can go back and, and tell like uh past Amanda yeah travel back in time and be like just just, just go with it just go, just with, go it. with it just get crazy it's gonna pay off <laughs> I feel like so, that tracks too with some oh sorry Sam no no go ahead that tracks with so many things like uh, just your answer in general resonates I know with me but probably with some other people that I know as well um Believe in yourself. Yeah. Because <laughs> if you don't, who will? It is. Yeah. All right. So okay. I feel like I'm I feel like I'm being like Debbie Downer to all Jordan's like positive questions. Because ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I had a question like on our question list that I'm gonna merge with another question, right? Okay. So that last question was like you know, um, something you wish you could tell your, tell your, your past self, things that, you know, were uh, your favorite aspects. And I'm like, what were the bad things? Um, <laughs> so uh-huh. it, this is going to be a merger of a question of it. Was there something that you wanted to do um, that, like I said, that, that, you know, people talk about all the time, the things that they wanted to have in a game, but they couldn't have because they just didn't work or they, yeah. they ran out of time. So is there something like that that you wanted in the game that didn't make it for one reason or another, or um, if you don't want to go all Debbie Downer, uh, or was there something that was surprisingly difficult um, that you thought was going to be easy? Well, you know, I would say that writing the beginning and writing the ending had to be done a hundred times. 
Um, you really need to both start on the right foot and stick the landing. So um, I genuinely believe I wrote the intro. And when I say rewrote, I mean, scrap the entire concept and try something new. Not just like, I don't like the wording of this. I mean, like, how can we get this done faster, tighter, funnier? Mm-hmm. 10, at least 10 times each, like at least. And the ending, like the ending had, the ending had the potential to have this amazing emotional resonance, but every time we did it, it just wasn't exactly landing right, or there was something left on the table or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so again, like I would start from scratch, like, okay, let's try this. Okay, let's try that. Um, so writing the beginning and writing the ending were absolute labors of, of love. Uh, they were <laughs> not easy, but we were so lucky to, to have, we had so many voice sessions with our actors, Drac and, uh, and Grimm that we had the luxury of recording all of these different endings and all of these different beginnings. Um, so I would definitely say the beginning and the end absolutely without question were the hardest from a narrative perspective because like so my husband was a lead designer on Bioshock Bioshock went through a user testing a couple months before they wrapped and people were giving it I kid you not threes and fours oh wow this is considered one of the best games of all time and I'm not saying that because it was my husband you know he was the lead designer I'm Mm -hmm. saying that like from a critical perspective like a metacritic people were calling it a poor man's half-life and what they found. Yeah. What they found was that um, the beginning didn't hook people. Mm. And so what they did was they added that plane scene. Like they, you know, like my, my parents told me, you know, and they take out the photo uh, and then there's the plane crash. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That tweak of who am I and why do I care changed everything. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, Bioshock, you know, is is catapulted to the success it was. But but when they did that first user testing, people were not having it. And it's because they were not invested. And so, you know, Bill and I made absolutely sure that when we were starting Romancevania, that we had that. Why do people care? Why should you know, like, why are we going to get invested from very, very early on? So, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. again, can we make it tighter? Can we make it funnier? Can we make it more resonant? We're just kind of like, boom, boom, boom. Keep trying, keep trying, keep trying until we got it right. Yeah, that's. uh, I'm. I don't know. I'm just so excited for this because you, the the way that you talk about like the whole writing process, right? And, yeah. the, and having to rewrite it and and when did you know you were funny? Uh, <laughs> um that's a good question. So, um I wrote urban fantasy and I think that like like about about 10 years ago, uh, no longer, 14 years ago, I started writing urban fantasy. And urban fantasy is very cheeky, right? Mm-hmm. You have very sarcastic heroines. Um, it's very snarky. Um, and I, I had the right voice for that. Like I wasn't ready to write, you know, high fantasy or doorstop fantasy like we talked about. <laughs> but I was, I did have that sort of Buffy-esque voice in my writing. And, you know, while those books weren't laugh out loud funny, 
they were humorous and they were clever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I found myself gravitating towards things that like, like the show Arrested Development. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like it is one of the wittiest verbal, like puns, um, and just like incredibly sharp dialogue. And I like that really resonated with me. And, um, when I was writing Perception, I didn't really get a chance to be funny. It was all very dark <laughs> and very serious and very horrible. Mm-hmm. And so when I got the chance to write Romancelvania, like I said, I'll, ultimately, I let it all hang out. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah and that's just, that's just kind of why I was like, how do you know, you know, how do people know they're funny? Right. Because like, I'll, I'll like, I'll talk and like be talking to folks and like talking about things and I'll speak find things that I say humorous mm-hmm. but I don't know that I've ever written a funny thing in my entire <laughs> life well you've made me laugh a lot on here so I say you're funny <laughs> sometimes humor is just saying something that resonates and being specific about it. So like I used to joke, so Bill's one of Bill's older brothers, he has older brothers who are twins. Mm -hmm. One of them is hysterically funny. And one day I cracked the code on why Jason was so funny. And I said to BG, I'm like, it's because he's so specific. Like, it's not like this, you know, this dinner smells like garbage. It would be like, this dinner smells like a dumpster behind a red lobster in situate. Like he, like he just gets so incredibly <laughs> detailed about his insults and about like his, his data. I don't, I can't explain it. Like he's so ultra specific. And I was like, that's the key to his humor is specificity. And I think that like by extension, the more specific you can get, I think the funnier you can get. Um, but you know, it's funny. I'm giving all, I'm going on a, a speaking tour for Romancelvania. I'm talking, I'm giving a talk called Trust, Lust, and Us, uh, Writing Effective Romance and Games. And I'm very passionate about that, pun intended. But um, <laughs> part of me wants to write a talk on writing humor because I also have a theory on that and why why Romancelvania, I'm hoping, is, is, is effective and makes a lot of different kinds of people laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not like in a scattershot way, but when you have such a big cast, you have opportunities to, to delve into different types of humor. So for example, PSL, our pumpkin witch, makes a lot of dirty jokes and she makes a lot of puns. So that like that will get the dirty joke and pun enthusiasts. Whereas Fenton name drops a lot of fancy things in a funny way. He -hmm. can get more of like the highbrow thing. So like even Shakespeare, so Shakespeare, I teach English. So Shakespeare used to incorporate a lot of highbrow humor and name dropping along with absolute filth for the quote unquote groundlings who were in the front (laughs) row. Like he understood that the penny a cushion crowd was very different from, you know, the people who were up in, up in the balconies. And, you know, I think that that's kind of like a shitty elitist way to put it. Mm -hmm. But if you're thinking about the spectrum of humor, some things resonate with certain people and some things don't. But Mm -hmm. if you have a big enough cast of characters and it's a diverse enough field of different personalities that you can reach many, many, many different flavors of humor, if you will, Mm -hmm. um, and, and still sound cohesive. Like, for example, I love, as I mentioned, Arrested Development. 
But I don't love, which a lot of people find funny, but I don't love Big Bang Theory, which a lot of people find funny. I don't find it remotely funny, right? Mm -hmm. But if you had a character that was like that and a character that was like the type from Arrested Development and you had them have a conversation together, do you know what I mean? Like you kind of reach a broader um, audience by having different, sort of different flavors, but all under the same umbrella. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's funny you mentioned that because a lot of people don't recognize that Shakespeare and Chaucer wrote some of the bodiest shit. Oh, they're filthy. <laughs> Absolutely filthy. Like I used to teach Macbeth and like I would get to the, the, the doorman scene, the porter scene, and he's literally talking about erections while drunk and none of the students are getting it. I'm like, does anybody know what he's talking about here? And they're like, no. But uh-huh. then I showed... um Oh my gosh, it was the most recent um, version of Macbeth and it was so freaking good. Um, Denzel plays Macbeth. I'm trying to remember. Uh, the Coen brothers, Macbeth. Mm-hmm. And um, the person who plays the porter, he's he's like hysterical actor. He was the guy from Office Space. He's so damn funny. Um, he does a really great job at making it body because of his physical humor, the, his, his physicality while he's... Uh, delivering the lines that you kind of get that it's dirty but oh yeah I mean Shakespeare wrote absolute filth and and you know because not everybody kind of gets the diction on that level you know a lot of it goes over people's heads yeah yeah all right uh Jordan your turn uh, definitely keep us up to date on those talks. It sounds so interesting. Thank you. Yeah, I'm giving it at PAX East on Friday night. Um, I'm giving it at Nariscope in uh, in Pittsburgh in June, and I'm giving it at an online conference that I'm not allowed to divulge yet. So. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Are any of them recorded or public? Um, I don't know which one packs. I don't know. I don't know. I think that the uh, Nariscope one will have a virtual component, but um, I'm not sure. Okay, sounds good. Um, but also the uh, if you ever get to the uh, humor one, that also sounds. I great. think that may be my GDC pitch pitch next year is writing effective humor for everybody. Heck yeah! Well, we'll definitely look forward to that. Yeah, and you can make um, Shakespeare and Chaucer jokes, and I'll sit in the audience and. Macbeth <laughs> <laughs> is my favorite. Um, but yeah, the game. I know we asked this question last time but i'm just curious if hmm. uh, it's changed or updated since we're almost close to release uh who is your favorite character oh my god it's like picking your favorite child and i have four children and i, know, <laughs> I have 12 characters so it's so hard but ultimately and don't tell my other characters this i have a sweet spot uh for psl um i love pumpkin spice everything and i love puns and ridiculous jokes so she is my baby she is the easily the weirdest character in the game but she's getting such a response from the internet that i think that like we made the right call with her so (laughs) i'm gonna say psl excellent i'm also very excited about a lot of the characters but psl (laughs) has caught my eye for when i first play Okay. Um, ooh. Oh, that's a good question. I you added that one and I didn't see that one. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see. Um, 
I won't ask Jordan's question, even though I really want to know now. Um, so uh, talking about like things that you learned about your writing process, things that you learned about yourself, all of these different things, what is one of the most surprising things you learned while working on this game? Um, I'm surprised that I can carry around so many characters in my head and and be able to effectively delineate them without bleeding into each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not trying to like pat myself on the back here, but I kind of thought that that's how everybody did it. And then I was talking to another narrative director and she was like, oh my God, I worked on a dating game that only had like five characters and we had a different writer for each one. And I was like, oh, oh, okay, <laughs> cool. And then I was like, oh, I wonder if like you looked at each of these characters and they all kind of sound alike or they all kind of sound like I wrote them. And then I look at them I'm like, no, I think I think I managed to to really delineate each of them really clearly and have very different tropes romantic tropes for each of them and have really different backstories for each of them like there are some overlapping ideas but that's for thematic reasons like i i had reasons for for having some you know thematic similarities but yeah i'm 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 actually pretty amazed that i was able to pull off so many different voices mm-hmm. um in one game hmm nice so that's so you were doing the job of 12 people is what you're saying kind of i guess so i didn't even realize it like i guess this is how people do it so i just did it that way (laughs) people are like oh like tell me about your narrative team i'm like well it's me myself and i (laughs) and we work well together so it's fine yeah but (laughs) if uh if people don't like it it's all on me so (laughs) no passing the buck All right, Jordan. So if someone was on the verge of buying the game, Mm. what would you say to them to spark more of their interest to make that final purchase? I would say, have you ever had a boss fight where you had to fight a uh, spaghetti and meatball monster at the Olive Garden? Or have you ever had to fight an octopus with eight arms that are holding guns called a Glocktopus? And just like, <laughs> um, like, we have the absolute most ridiculous boss fights in any game ever. Like, I don't even know if we've revealed those two fights, but um, we have the silliest, silliest, funniest, and best boss fights. So, and that's and that's something I feel like we've kind of played close to our chest. Um, they're really good and they're really funny. Um, and they're unique. So, yeah. A Glocktopus? A Glocktopus, <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I made myself laugh pretty hard with that one. I was like, oh, done shooting you with his eight arms. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know I keep saying it, but I was already excited about the game, but I just keep getting more and more excited. <laughs> you guys are making me smile. Thank you. It's like, so yeah, we all know what we'll be doing next, uh, next week and, uh, waiting for our Olive Garden fights and our gun fights with the Glocktopus. Yes. You're going to have to update me on how they go, <laughs> how you're liking it. You know, feel free to reach out and give me feedback or, uh... my kid's going to be like, I am so over you because <laughs> it, it, that's what I do. Like if something's really funny and it's like funny in a way that I, I think that like, a, a 
a 14 year old should think is funny. Yeah. I'm like, come on, come, come look at this. Come oh, look yeah. at this. And she's like 14 going on 40. So mm-hmm. I'm the I'm always the one that thinks she's that I'm always I'm always the one who thinks stuff's funny. And she's like, you're a child. Yeah. My 14-year-old, <laughs> when he plays this, if he laughs, I feel like it's a gift from God. Like, <laughs> like, you know, teenagers don't ever think their mom's cool, but like to see him laugh at something I wrote makes me feel on top of the world. Uh-huh. Oh so, yeah. Yeah, I bring her, I bring her in and I like show her something that that you know I think is funny, right? Something that I've written or something that I've done. Yeah. And she'll stand there and watch it. And then she'll just stand there like with like a stone face and stare <laughs> at me for like 30 seconds and then turn around and walk out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh God, that just crushed my soul. Uh, yeah. 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 Um that, that's probably where that how'd you know you were funny question came from mm, well <laughs> I have to say one of the reasons why I rewrote the ending entirely was watching Liam's reaction to seeing the ending for the first time and uh-huh. he was like I do not believe Drac would do that and I was like wait what do you mean and he was and he just gave me this really excellent reasoning as to why the end didn't work for him and I was like oh my gosh what I thought I was communicating really clearly was not clear to him how can I clarify that Mm -hmm. so the ending is a million times better and the next time he played it he watched like amazed as the ending came together the way we intended he was like that was amazing so it was like wow you know like we really did take his feedback for sure oh nice yeah because yeah like you said if you can make a if you can make a teenager laugh yeah yeah that's gold gold. (laughs) because they go from they go from like being like um like teenagers and younger where all the pee and poop jokes are funny Mm -hmm. to being you know 14 15 where nothing is funny yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) so yeah I totally get that I totally get that love it yep all right, Jordan, you can ask your next question and then I will do my 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 usual question. That's not really a question. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, so what's next for you and your team? I saw you tweeted about continuing work on a backstory for one of the characters. Um, but yeah, what's next? So what's interesting about that is that I started it about 14 years ago. So um Years ago, when I had my first child, uh, I found that he could not sleep while I did housework. And so I would have to sit quietly while he napped. And I was like, this is not happening. And so I decided to write a book um, because that's what normal people do, right? They just, they write a book when yeah, right. their child yeah. can't sleep. Um, so I wrote this book about a heartbroken genie called Wicked Spirits. Um, and I, it took me uh, at least a year or two to write, a year or two to get an agent. And then ultimately my agent, who's wonderful, put it on submission. But at the time, urban fantasy was not selling. And we had publishers come to us, big publishers be like, we love this, but we can't even sell our own author's urban fantasy right now. We're so sorry. So Vess never got published. She never became a real girl. And then when we were working on Romancelvania and we were coming up with characters I just my eyes filled up with tears and I was like Bill can Vess be in the game and he was like oh my god a genie she would be so great and and then you know to see the concept art come out for her crying my eyes out to see like to hear the voice actress bring her to life crying my eyes out I'm like oh my god Vess is a real girl um 
one of the things that we promised to backers was, hey, if you want to read Vess's backstory, like the book that inspired Vess, um, you know, we'll throw that in. Like I've already written it. Like it's 95,000 words, like may as well. Um, so recently Bill was like, hey, you should, you know, put a fi- finishing touch, like give it a reread and backers are going to get it. And I was like, oh my God, people are going to actually finally like read this book so many years after, so many years after I wrote it. Um, so I gave it a reread and it was so painful to see like the out of date references, but I was like, you know what? Like this was the time I wrote it in. Maybe it's a little bit nostalgic at this point. That's fine. Like that was the context. I'm not going to change it. And um, we just sent off the prologue to backers just to, you know, wet their whistle a bit, get them excited. And um, it was really nice to revisit it. But at the same time, it was my first book. So it is so rough compared to how I write now. So mixed feelings, but like overall good. Aww. And as for what's next for the team, we're going to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to watch streams. Yeah, we're going to watch people play the game and and smile. And, you know, we need a break. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> it's been a, it's, because how, how long ago was the Kickstarter? Three years ago. Was it three years ago? I was yeah. gonna say it's been a couple years. It was oh, before yeah. the pa- it was before the pepperoni pizza started, right? Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was. It was a while ago. Yeah. So yeah, pretty crazy. <laughs> so oh wow, the big question is yes, and this is always I always ask this question: Is there anything? that we didn't ask you about that Mm. you would have wanted us to ask you about? You know, um, I don't think so. I think that like I painted a pretty clear picture that like this is a silly, wacky, fun game. If you want to have some silly, wacky fun with me, you know, Wishlist Romancelvania, you know, um, it's going to be coming out for PS5, Xbox Series, um, Steam, Epic Game Store. Eventually it'll be on the other consoles, but not quite yet. Um, But like basically just like if it sounds fun, check it out and spread the love. You know, I I think that this this is a so many people have reached out and been like, I feel like you made this game just for me. Like it's so niche, but it's so me. And, you know, if you know anybody who this game resonates with, like share it, you know, (laughs) I can't wait to stream this game. I can't wait to watch you. (laughs) You'll have to tell me when you're doing it. I will definitely because my, my community loves like dating Sims Mm. and people, they, the, the choices and the fact that, that you can choose the kind of sweet flirty versus the dirty flirty. Yeah. They're going to have a field day with that. That does come a little bit later, but yeah, like, so early on, it's kind of like, am I even going to flirt at all? And then once you get deeper into the relationship, it's like, okay, how am I going to flirt? So yeah, yeah. I I can't wait to see how people approach these characters. Like with some of the sexier responses, I got a little bit like, "Mm," got a little steamy in some places. Uh, But yeah, sometimes I just really love the sweet response. I'm like, oh, you know? Oh yeah. And and Fenton is going to be, I I can think of like at least two to three folks in my community right now who are going to love Fenton because the way that they even like, because we, we we were, we played um, 
wildflowers a couple of times. The way that there's a there's this kind of very cute buttoned up um werewolf. Yeah. And and they are like, yep, 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 him. And I'm like, no, yep. no, he's not the one for me. And they're like, no, him. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. So I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. I think folks are going to have a blast. I think folks are going to have a Thank blast. Thank you so much. That means it just means so much when people get what I'm doing. <laughs> like you get it. You get it. Mm-hmm. I feel seen. <laughs> That's a good thing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Amanda, thank you so much. Thank for you. You wanted us to talk about Romanceovania again. I am super excited. Yay. I'm super excited for launch. Um, and I can't wait. Um, thank you. Um, make sure y'all, if you're listening, make sure that you go and wish list it because this will this uh episode will come out before the game does. Make sure you mm-hmm. go wish list it. Make sure you grab your copy on Tuesday <laughs> and you. buy copies for all your friends. And buy copies for all your friends. Um, <laughs> this is this is what you must do, because um, uh, I think that I I'm super excited for for all the shenanigans for all the shenanigans. I there are so many shenanigans to be had, so many, so so many. <laughs> <laughs> again, thanks again, and good luck. Thank you. Week. It's always a blast to be on here i always love having conversations with you guys so i like it's so mutual thank you so much (laughs) all right y'all so until next time um stay because it's been raining like you would not believe around here stay dry Mm -hmm. stay warm um pick up romancevania on the 7th and as always friends game on game on slots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time (gasps) no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com daily bonuses are waiting no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thank you.